traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hello, folks. Good afternoon. This is Steve Moore. You are listening to the More Money Show on WABC. This is the top talk radio station in America. Uh, congratulations to John Katsimides, who's done an amazing job as CEO of this radio station, taking it to the very top. We have great ratings. So thank you for our regular listeners for tuning in. And if you're new to the show, we talk uh in this hour on the more money show about well money and how to make more money but also what's going on with politics what's going on with the economy and finances so it was a really busy week i want to get down to it i'm not going to be taking your calls this week because i have a special guest that i'm very excited about steve forbes is coming on at the bottom of the hour and i talked to steve about what is going on with inflation you know he great new book called Inflation, What It Is and uh, How to Get Rid of It. And um, he is also the world's expert, and he is the godfather of the flat tax idea. And we had so many calls in recent weeks from our listeners about uh, what do we do about this abomination of our tax code? It is a disgrace to the human race. Our tax system is complicated. It costs way too much. People are paying way too much. We have way too many auditors and IRS agents uh, snooping into people's records. It is it is incomprehensible. Nobody can get out. Uh, and so, uh, why do we why do we not just simplify this? This Steve Forbes has been on this message for well over twenty five years. So I wanted to get Steve to talk about the advantages of the flat tax. And by the way. Because I know a lot of our listeners also like the idea of the national sales tax. Uh, and sometime in the next few weeks, I'm also going to bring on um, a, uh, an, a, an a exponent of that idea so we can kind of lay them side by side. Would you rather have a national sales tax? A national sales tax means eliminating the income tax entirely. And you just pay your taxes at the cash register, like whenever you buy things, like when you pay your state sales tax. Uh, and the other idea, obviously, is the postcard tax return and the, and the uh, flat tax. And I like them both. So I, I am uh, going to have both of uh, these guests on in succeeding weeks. And then I want to hear from you all about which one you think is better, the flat tax or the national sales tax. That's the discussion we're going to have at the bottom of the hour. But for now, I want to just spend my first few minutes uh, before we get to the pains to talk about the financial situation to tell you that I believe in an extremely dangerous and precarious situation right now with this economy. Uh, Joe Biden gave a speech um, early this week 
blaming everybody but himself um, for the inflation problem. Um, there's always someone else. Did you notice that when we screwed up in Afghanistan and that tragedy and fiasco? Oh, the judge told me to do it. The border. Well, that's the way Trump left it. Uh, crime. You know, oh, it's racism. It's this. It's that. The inflation. Oh, that's because of the meat packers and the high energy prices. That's because of the corporations. I think people are getting sick of the past the buck, <laughs> and I think people want solutions. And there were no solutions in that speech other than do more of what he's been doing, spending trillions of dollars. Remember, we spent $1.9 trillion on his, uh, what do you call it, American Recovery Act, which is a complete waste of money, then $1.1 trillion for his green energy bill, which shamelessly many Republicans voted for. That's $3 trillion we didn't have. And now he wants $1.5 trillion for student loan forgiveness. He wants another $30 billion for uh, Ukraine relief. He wants another 50 to $100 billion to, for more subsidies to wind and solar and electric uh, battery producers. He wants uh, subsidies to the uh, chip makers like Intel. Um, that's corporate welfare, folks, right? That's corporate welfare. When you the government giving money to private corporations, that's just what I call aid to dependent corporations. We, we don't need that in America. That's not the model we use. We use the model of free enterprise. We use the model where we say, look, uh, we're going to keep our taxes low. We're going to get a regulation, this investment, entrepreneurial environment in the world and new businesses and new technologies and new inventions and new job creating uh, businesses will, will flourish. That's been the formula we've used to become the number one country in the world in terms of our uh, economic superpower status. Now, I wanna mention one other quick thing. Um, shortly before the election, uh, Joe Biden, that is the 2020 election, Joe Biden made this case that we're not li living under Milton Friedman anymore. There's something to that effect. Like when well, nobody is following Milton Friedman anymore. Well, it shows, right? I mean, he's only been in month in, in office now 15 months. And look at the records of our economy. Look at the look at what's happened to the stock market. Eight to ten trillion dollars have been lost in just the last couple of months. Look what's happening with crime in the cities. Higher in many I'm from Chicago. It is it is a disgrace what's happening in Chicago. <laughs> you can't even go out at night. In Chicago. And when I you know, was growing up, you could walk in downtown Chicago at night and feel safe. And now you can't because there's too many r random uh, drive by shootings and nobody does anything about that. Uh, same in New York, same in Milwaukee, same in Minneapolis, same in Los Angeles. And so all of these problems are cascading and we're not hearing any solutions except it's his fault. It's his fault. It's that guy's fault. Uh, I said it before on the show, my favorite former was Harry Truman, because he did say the buck stops here, and he didn't do everything right, but he made some really big, important decisions like dropping the bomb and uh, and uh, you know win winning the World War II at the tail end of it. Uh, and he deserves a lot of credit for those decisions. And he didn't he didn't blame other people when things went wrong. So um, I'm here to tell you today that you have to be really careful about your investments. You just have to be so careful. We've got inflation that is 8.3% 8, 8 officially over the last 12 months. Um, that, that's a really high rate of inflation. And we're gonna make one other quick point before we take uh, we turn it over to uh, my discussion with the uh, pains, which is that when you're looking at this situation with inflation, 
I get so many, uh, you know, um, comments from my from my um, listeners, you all, the people who are listening to the show, getting mad at me for saying we have 8 percent inflation because I discovered this travel in the country because I've been to six states in the last uh, three weeks or so. I've been everywhere from North Carolina. I was in Nebraska. I was in Arizona. I was in Nevada. I was in Pennsylvania. I was in Michigan. And all those places where I go, people get angry at me when I say inflation is 8 percent. And I couldn't understand why that was until finally I said, what do you mean? And they said, it's not 8%, it's 20%. I am paying 18% more for eggs. I'm paying 20% more for beef. I'm paying 25% more for chicken. I'm paying 70% more for gasoline at the pump. If you got diesel, diesel prices are up 80%. Everything that people buy is either more expensive or in the case of uh, you know baby, baby product and infant formula, there's empty shelves. That never happened before this president came into office. Is it a coincidence? Oh, tell me. I mean, do you think it's just a coincidence we're having all these problems? It's just bad luck that Joe Biden came in at this time. I have, I'm going to say that I think it's all a result of too much spending, too much taxes, too much debt. And both parties, by the way, are responsible for this. Both parties. I know there are a lot of my Republican friends. I'm a Republican, but I'm going to say Republicans have voted for a lot of this this massive trillions of dollars of spending too. It's got to stop if we're going to bring inflation down. That's what Reagan did. Trump cut taxes and reduced regulations. Biden wants to do the opposite. You're going to get the opposite result. That simple. All right, folks, uh, be right up with the pains in one minute. Good afternoon, folks. It is the More Money Show. This is economist Steve Moore. We are on talk radio, WABC, the number one talk radio show in America and the number one station in America. So now it is time for our segment with two of the very best in the financial business. And I've been chopping at the bit to be to talk to Ryan and Bob Payne about what is going on in these crazy roller coaster uh, financial markets. Uh, I haven't seen anything like it in a couple of years where we've seen these incredible gyrations in stocks. And so I wanted to get uh, the opinion of two of the best. And uh, so, Bob and Ryan, uh, great to be with you guys again. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, I mean, it's like you need your helmet on this week. <laughs> That's for yeah. sure. Tell me about it. So I don't even want to look at yeah. 401k plan. Just stop. My wife and I just stopped looking. So um, are these, I mean, look, the question of the day, you know, with the market down so much, maybe is this the time to be buying? Well, you yeah, know, as yeah. we said all along, Steve, the, um, this has been a kind of bifurcated market. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about for over a year now was the fact that the Federal Reserve was going to raise interest rates because everyone except for the Federal Reserve could see inflation happening on a day-to-day basis. And whenever you have interest rates go up because of inflation, it impacts what we call long-duration assets. So we've been telling our right. folks on the show for a year um, to, you know, get out of long-term bonds, own bonds that come due, get out of long-duration stocks, which are tech stocks. Now, they've gone down so much, I think you're right. I think it might be time to start buying those stocks again. Well, especially those big tech stocks have just seen huge, huge losses in the last uh, number of months, Uh, whether it's Google, whether it's Apple, whether it's Facebook, um, and even Amazon have really taken their lumps. These have been trillion-dollar companies in some cases, and now some of them aren't trillion-dollar companies anymore. But uh, you see a comeback in those big tech companies? I see a, I see a comeback will. in those. Go ahead, Ryan. You probably will, but I think the other thing you have to think about, too, is you know, we had a huge meltdown in the crypto markets uh, over the course ah. of the week. 
And uh, as you probably know, Stephen Obama and I view that as a casino. <laughs> and right. there was a lot of leverage in that casino. Mm-hmm. And we saw the unwinding of that one stable coin. And what happens is you get these margin calls because a lot of these plays were leveraged. And what do you do when you get that margin call? You have to sell your blue chip companies, right? You have to sell your Apple. You have to sell your Google. You have to sell your Microsoft. Right. So, you know, that definitely bled over into the equity markets this week as well. You're putting more pressure on them with the proverbial, you're selling the baby with the, with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, we've got yeah. other areas of the market we call value stocks, uh, you know, uh, materials, industrials, oil companies mm-hmm. that are doing extremely well. I mean, at, um, we, we have a position in, um, in pipelines where they just pay their dividend and, you know, our clients are getting a six to 7% yield and that's cash, you know, and you have cash coming in, gives you an opportunity to buy low. And so, uh, with the, uh, with the inflation rate re- reports that came out this week, we got some kind of conflicting numbers. <laughs> so I think it was on Wednesday, we had a, a pretty decent, you know, improvement on uh, the consumer price index. I mean, it's still a lousy number, but it was coming down a little bit. And then we saw, on Thursday, you know, a, a, a little bit of a spike in the producer price index. So, where do you guys see inflation headed right now? And I got let me just make one other quick point. You know, when when we do the show and we talk about eight percent inflation, I get a lot of emails and and uh, and uh, uh, tweets from people saying it's not eight percent. You know, I'm paying. 10, 12, 15, 18, 20% inflation, you know, with my food prices, my energy prices, my electric utilities and, and rental cars. So uh, what do you, this is a complicated yeah. inflation picture right now. It really is, Stephen. We know the Democrats are going to spend more money so that, that will bring inflation down. That was a bad joke. Um, so, but, but the reality of it is, you know, we do see inflation at some point coming down, right? You know, supply chains, uh-huh. Look, this is America. It, you know, it's a capitalistic society where you right. fill a need when right. a need needs to be filled. And I always look at the beginning of the pandemic, you couldn't get a mask. Within two months, we had more masks than you know what to do with. So, you right. know, we think that it, the reality over the next 12 months, 24 months, maybe it's not next <clears throat> month, inflation is going to start to come down because a lot of these issues are going to get fixed. And no one does that better than the good old U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. And what about... Uh, gold. I always ask you you uh, both about this because I kind of urge people to own some gold in their portfolio. And, you know, normally during times of inflation, as in the 70s, you see big spike up in uh, gold prices. We've seen some move, but not a giant move in gold. What, what do you think about precious metals? Well, you know, Steve, in our portfolios and, and what we've recommended for years is don't focus on one commodity, right? Have a basket of commodities. And uh-huh. in a basket of commodities right now, you have natural gas making all-time highs. You have oil as high as it is. And I don't know if anybody noticed this week, but silver took a big dive this week. So silver mm. and gold aren't proving to be the hedges that historically, I think, the providers or the purveyors of uh, gold and silver. You know, you see, I can't tell yeah. you how many commercials I've seen in the last 10 years <laughs> telling me about <laughs> buying gold. Um, you know, gold's a bad investment. Doesn't pay a dividend, can't carry it around, right. and you got to pay to store it, and then people can steal right. it. It's even worse. <laughs> well, I'll give you a more depre- I'll give you a more depressing statistic on gold yeah. as well. So, you know, there's forecasters okay. calling for three thousand dollars an ounce on gold in the next two years. Even if it uh-huh. gets there, that's the still way, what, below what is the, the price. What is the price? What is the price today for gold? 
about we're 19, under two thousand. Uh, what are they like? Yeah, right. Okay. Eight, somewhere under two thousand today. Seventeen hundred. Yeah. Okay. Seventeen hundred. Okay. So, well, so when they say today. it's going to three thousand, they're talking about a fifty percent increase in the price of yeah. gold. Well, it gets worse right. than that though. That's still below the peak in nineteen eighty at eight hundred seventy five dollars an ounce. <laughs> wow. If you factor in right. inflation. <laughs> so yeah. it has to go to yeah. $3,200 an ounce just to be back to where it was in 1980 in inflation adjusted terms. That's a bad investment where I come from. So, yeah, Steve, in my the, opinion, uh, the, the only way to hedge against inflation is to own high quality bonds that, you know, come due, right? You know exactly when you're going to get your money back. And, you know, we're going to have these price increases, but the best place in the world is a good US of A where companies are yeah. able to take those price increases and pay it out, increase their profitability, increase their profit margins, pay dividends, and buy back stock. Well, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, look, the, the, the long-term, you know, uh, value of stocks have been going up 6 7 8% per year for, for 100 years. So yep. that, that trend is going to continue. But I want to ask you, because we've just got a couple minutes left, uh, and, and I think I asked you a few weeks ago about this, but uh, I am worried about a bubble in the stock, I mean, in the housing market. And, I, I, you know, I'm worried about the rising mortgage rates. I'm, I'm worried about the affordability index, which is very low right now because, you know, uh, real incomes are falling, but <laughs> real estate prices have been falling. And so, uh, I mean, what, what do you think? Is, is real estate uh, a good investment right now? I'm starting to see things slow down. You do? I do. I see things slowing down. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm down in Florida right now, and the price increases have been mind-blowing. I mean, just right, 100% right. moves in two years. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing to buy, and I, just, and I think people are starting to balk at the higher prices. But, right. you know, that's the high-end market. But the rest of the market, you know, Rye, you have some pretty good insights in the, in the rest of the market. And, um, you know, you're seeing some supply and demand imbalances. Well, I think that's that's the bigger story, right? Look, prices I think will come down here because you go from a three percent mortgage to a five, five and a half. I've heard in some yeah. cases a six percent thirty year mortgage. Yeah. Like the economics yeah. on that change drastically. Right. And you know, I'm here in New York City, yeah, you know, I think the same thing is prices have to start to cool off. Now the difference is, right, cooling off prices and then demand evaporating, that's what we saw back in, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine with the housing crisis. There's still tons of demand to back up the housing market. So if even prices come down, you know, that doesn't mean that, that houses aren't going to get sold because there's just so much demand for them. We know we had an undersupply for a decade, right? So it's like from one extreme, you go to the next extreme, the pendulum's always swinging. So I think even if prices come down a little bit, that's fine. That'll make housing more affordable. People will buy those houses. And then when they buy those houses, they're going to go to Home Depot, right? They're going to they're go out and they're going to go to Bed Bath & Beyond and buy furniture. So yeah, I think there's still going to be a strong housing market, even if prices come down a little bit, which is good, right? That's deflationary. And we want to see a right. little bit of deflation here. We don't want to go back to the 70s. Yeah, you know, the other thing I noticed, guys, is yeah. things like copper and lumber are actually off their highs. They're starting to drop in, in price right now. So some of these price increases, like these interest rate increases, are having the effect the Federal Reserve's looking for. So it's only the beginning. You know, it's like... Uh, Yes, you know, right. these are like uh, green shoots, Steve. Remember that comment you guys used to say? Green shoots. You and Cuddler used to talk about all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, so just to sum up then, because I'm standing on the ledge. <laughs> you got to walk me up the ledge, right? Uh, so you're saying do not panic right now. Don't sell your stocks because you'll be kind of selling low, right? And this is a good time to be in the market or what's the bottom line? The bottom line is this. If you go back over the last 40 years while you and I have been investing, 
uh, over the last 42 years, 32 of those years have been positive years. But every single one of them had a drawdown where there's a pullback intra-year. Right. And, you know, on average, it's about 14%. So we're a little bit past that right now. You know, last year, we only had a 5% pullback. But remember, 80% of the time, the market finishes higher than it begins the year. So, um, you know, it's it, it, the key is be diversified. Don't have all your eggs in one basket and stay out of those speculative stocks. Awesome. All right. That's an awesome analysis. I, I think I'm going to open the window and get off the ledge. <laughs> okay, Steve. <laughs> and uh, thanks, guys, for a great analysis that you're listening to two of the best of the business. I've been Ryan Payne. And what's the number again for the consultations? Yeah. So if you, if you have over a million dollars saved for retirement, Bob and I will actually run for you our total financial master plan. It's a full holistic review, and we'll do that with no obligation or cost. We leave 10 slots open for the show. If you call our text right now, we literally go through everything for you. We go through every single investment that you own. We'll actually build you your own personalized financial portal to get a bird's eye view of your entire financial picture. And we're going to hone in on every single financial issue that you have, You know, whether it be an income plan, you need an income plan for retirement. How do you take social security? How do you draw from your portfolio? How do you factor in inflation because cost is going up? We put together a full income plan so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. We look at fees and taxes. Wall Street just loves, loves to sell you lots of products that are high in fees and very tax inefficient. Bob and I go through every investment that you own. We break down every fee you're paying, show you where all the hidden costs are in your portfolio, how to reduce that cost, then optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you take. We're going to show you how to basically put more money in your pocket, pay the least amount of tax possible by law. And we're going to look at diversification. Are you getting hit hard now? As markets are extremely volatile, those bond funds are going down, growth stocks are taking a hit, big tech, or have you been sitting in cash? You know you need to get a return on your money with inflation over 8%, but paralysis by analysis. We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you not only how to invest your money, but grow it and protect it over the rest of your life. We have 10 slots if you have a million dollars saved for retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. There's no strings attached, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, you know, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. Um, you know, we manage over a 1,000 clients. We manage around a billion dollars in assets. And we did a really awesome, I have to say, conference call last week. You know, if you listeners, if you want to actually check it out, just send the word conference call to 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. You can catch the whole conference call. We did this for our clients. But Bob, you know, we got a lot of great questions. And I think a lot of the questions that we, we heard over the last couple of weeks are really the biggest concerns that probably all of you have right now. So I thought we could talk about some of the questions that we got on our conference call. Uh, for our listeners today. And the first one that we received was, why are my equities and bond accounts both declining in this crazy market? Should we maintain a 60-40 allocation between stocks and bonds? 
or move to a 70-30 allocation between stocks and bonds or something else. I'm confused. What do I do right now? Well, you know, Rye, one thing I learned over my 47 years of helping people invest their money, like you, um, is that you got to be a slave to your asset allocation. You know, set an asset allocation, you know, in other words, how you diversify your money based on achieving your goals. And the thing that I see that most mistakes that are made is most of you take more risk than necessary to achieve that simple task. Well, the problem too is you probably have accounts everywhere, right? You have a 401k over here. You have an IRA over here. You have a broker over here, all giving you conflicting advice. And the irony is, and this is why I love that financial portal that we put together, is when we put everything on one page and we see how you're allocated, you typically have the same recommendations everywhere. So like right now with the market going down, there's been an over-concentration of what we call growth stocks. So a lot of you right now, you have bond funds. You have a lot of growth stocks in your portfolio, and it's all getting hit at the same time. It's not proper diversification. So, Bob, you know, one thing I found is, and I know you found, is that it's just critical to make sure your money spread out. And most of us don't do it because we have a lot of different eyes looking at our portfolio, not in one centralized place. Yeah, it's something that I call process-driven, Ryan, versus event-driven, right? What's an event? Well, the Fed raises interest rates and the market goes down and uh, NASDAQ stocks go into a bear market. That's an event. If you're process-driven, you can move through that because you don't get emotional because you have your money in all different baskets. For example, oil stocks are hitting new highs right now. Commodities are hitting new highs right now. The bonds you have in your portfolio, the worst you're going to do is get them all, all that money back with interest that you get to reinvest at a higher rate. So the key is, you know, don't invest based on, wow, this is really a good portfolio, right? Because it's going up. What could be wrong? What could be so bad? That's right, Bob. You really got to make sure that you don't have that over-concentration of risk. And right now is the time you need to evaluate that. The next question that we got, Bob, was assuming a global recession is inevitable, does it make sense for a retiree to sell stocks in advance of the train hitting the wall? In other words, is this action in an ongoing bull market or is this beginning of a big bear market? Hey, Rod, you know that the same strategist on Wall Street who predicted in 2020 that we were going to have a global pandemic and shut down the global economy uh, predicted the same decline in January of this year? <laughs> so nobody did. Is what you're nobody to did. Say. Of course they didn't. So here's what happened. In 2020, we went into a global recession, right? It was, it, I don't know if it was inevitable, but it happened because we had this black swan event of this tr- horrible COVID virus. And we went into a global recession. And guess what happened? We all made money that year. And since then, our portfolios are up dramatically. So just because the economy goes through zigs and zags doesn't mean you can time it. Matter of fact, it's impossible to time it. And, you know, and if you're in retirement, the one thing you can't afford to have happen is get rid of your investors that are generating the income that you're going to need to live on. Well, that's right. And the other part of the equation, too, is is who says we're going into a recession, right? I mean, the media is talking about a recession, and we just talked about this with Steve Moore. But you know, most economists don't think that's the case, right? We've got a strong job market. We've talked about this a lot on this program. Uh, wages are actually going up, and there's a good chance inflation later this year will start to come down. So you can't just bet an all-or-none proposition we're going to go into recession. It's not inevitable, and I think that's a big mistake right now. And that's why you've got to build your portfolio around your goals, not what the headlines are saying, because what we've learned, Bob, over the years, the headlines are usually wrong. They're not right. (laughs) You know, Ryan, I don't understand why anybody fears the word recession, because you know what it ultimately means? Lower interest rates. Lower interest rates mean higher housing prices, higher stock and bond prices, and a better economy. 
So, yes, we're going through a period, an adjustment period right now where prices are adjusting to a new environment. You know, the worst thing you can do is get out and sit on the sidelines because it feels so rational. It feels so smart. But then you got to make two decisions, one to get out and one to get back in. I got to tell you, nobody's that good at timing the markets. And that sounds really stressful when you're getting close to if you're in retirement now. Uh, the next question that came in, I think is a really good one, is as the midterm elections approach, what influence will changing the majority party in the House and Senate have on the stock market? In my opinion, both parties are equally corrupt. It's probably true. Obviously, Biden-Harris will serve two more years with obvious dementia and her obvious incompetence. We know where <laughs> the, this person stands. Um, well, look, I mean, we've heard about a lot of changes happening, right? We heard about higher taxes. We've heard a lot of, a lot, a lot of stimulus bills getting passed. And Bob, what I've seen over the last two years, a lot of gridlock. And that's actually been very, very good for the market uh, because, you know, we haven't seen the most dramatic policies pass. I'll tell you what, Rye, the market loves gridlock when it comes to Washington, D.C. Um, and the other thing is that historically, there's a certain rhythm to the markets. Believe it or not, in the Second year of a first-term president, when you have the midterms, uh, the first half of the year is usually negative. It's usually very volatile. And the reason is you have both parties putting out as much advertising they can to tell you how terrible things are and how if you don't elect them, it's the end of the world as we know it. So you're going to have that type of volatility caused by the media, by advertising. And then it's amazing. After every election, it's almost as if they turn off a switch, right? Everything's fine again, and things can move on. So this midterm election year is actually acting historically correct. Right. Yeah, we're getting the volatility now. And again, if we do get gridlock, which we'll probably have a lot of, that'll probably be a positive for your financial portfolios. Bob, the other question came in, I think this is a really good one, is at age 64, retiring in another year, what percentage of my portfolio, 850000 should be in a very conservative uh, investment vehicle? This is a great question, Rye, because really that is the, the question is how much risk do I need to take in my portfolio? And, and let's, let's face it. Risk is something we only recognize in hindsight. I think a lot of my clients, children who thought cryptocurrency was going to replace the U.S. dollar are starting to feel that way, right? So you have to have a strategy to discipline. And what we do is we created a process that we apply to all investors and it's called the A to B process. And that will help you to dictate how much risk you need to take to overcome the biggest risk in your portfolio, which is inflation and taxes. Yeah, and it's exactly. And it's going to be unique to you, right? Now, your your allocation should be different from anybody else's because your situation is unique to you. And and I think our philosophy has always been. I know our philosophy has always been, Bob, is you know you only take the risk that you have to take. And you might be feeling that right now. Maybe you took more risk than you should have been because the market was going up and up and up. And now you're feeling that pain. No pun intended. Our last name is pain. Um, and this is where you got to reevaluate and say, okay, am I taking more risks than I need to? And that's the problem we see all the time. We look at about 50 portfolios a month is you tend to take more risks than you have to. And you don't want to do that in retirement. It's a bummer when markets are this volatile and you've taken too much risk. And I think now more than ever, you've got to reevaluate that while markets are in flux. Well, that's why I think everyone right now should take a look in the mirror and recognize that you are a unique individual and you need a unique strategy don't settle for the cookie cutter portfolios that Wall Street's selling you right now. Get a second opinion. It's time for you to get on board with your strategy that has the highest probability of achieving your goals. 
Yeah, and if you're thinking to yourself right now, like, I need to get this reviewed. I don't know what I'm doing right now. Markets are volatile. I haven't locked down my financial plan to make sure I'm secure. Well, we still have five slots left. If you have over a million dollars saved for retirement, we keep it open for the show here. We'll run for you our total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a holistic review. There's no other firm on Wall Street that will do this work up front. We literally go through everything for you at no cost. We'll go through every investment that you own. We literally build you your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life, and we'll hone in on every financial issue you've got to address today. We're going to look at that income plan. Income is so critical for retirement. How do you take Social Security? There's a myriad of ways to take Social Security. How do you draw from your investment portfolio and not run out of money? We'll put together a full income game plan so that you just do that. You don't run out of money over retirement. We're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you lots of products that have high fees, very tax inefficient, complicated. We're going to go through every investment you own. We'll show you where all the hidden costs are, how to reduce that cost and optimize your portfolio for taxes. I think taxes are probably going higher. You've got to defend yourself. You've got to be proactive. We're going to give you our tax playbook to reduce your tax situation. And we're going to look at diversification. Are you getting hit hard here? Markets are extremely volatile. Are you over-concentrated? in growth stocks and bond funds, which are going down every single day as rates go up? Or are you sitting with way too much money in cash? You know you need to pull the trigger. You need to do something. Paralysis by analysis, you're earning nothing in cash. We'll put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it. Over the rest of your life, we have five slots left if you call or text right now. All you got to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. 6692 or just simply call 844 plan nyc that's 844 p l a n n y c if you're one of our next five callers you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan now there's no obligation there's no cost with this crazy market we have right now you won't have a plan unless you text or call 844 752 6692, that's 844 752 6692, or just simply call 844 Plan NYC. That's 844 P L A N N Y C. Hey, and if you want to learn more about our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P A Y N E. Simply go to bebullish.com. That's bebullish.com. You can check out our podcast, Pain Points of Wealth. Get more of our insights. Simply go to www.bebullish.com. Check it out. Stay tuned. We got more. More money coming your way. Woo. All right. Stop. ED is no laughing matter. This could be caused from low T, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Elevate Wellness can help. 40% of men over 40 have experienced this. Make the call to Elevate Wellness now. 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. The office visit is only $99 and includes exam, blood work, test dose, and consultation. Call Elevate Wellness. 973-354-2276. Or Elevate Wellness Group. If you're suffering from ED, you're not alone. 60% of men over 60 have this problem. Help is out there. The professionals at Elevate Wellness can help you be the man you used to be. They've helped thousands of patients and have a 96% success rate. What are you waiting for? Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Your first visit is only $99. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Help is out there. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. 
entertaining and informative talk for New York. Streaming now on your smart speakers. Play 77 WABC. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. Uh, Thank you for taking some time out of your Saturday afternoon. It's not a very nice day here on the East Coast, uh, all the way from uh, New York down to Washington, D.C. It's pretty pretty cloudy and kind of lousy day. So a good day to to learn about economics and nobody to learn from better than one of my mentors and uh, and really a, a legend, Steve Forbes, has been so um, so insightful on so many issues that I'm just uh, delighted to have him join us. And I want him to talk about two issues today, his new book, Inflation. And then I also want to talk a little bit about his idea about whether this is the right time for the flat tax. So, Steve Forbes, thanks so much for joining us today. Good to be with you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. So I want to cover both of these topics because I get so many calls every week on uh, on inflation and also on uh, how do we fix the tax system. Let's start with the first topic, the topic of the day, the week, the year, which is inflation. And uh, I was quite disturbed by Biden's speech this week when he said that the solution to the inflation problem is, you know, more hundreds of billions of dollars of government spending and a big tax increase on the rich, uh, is that going to work? Uh, no. Uh, I like to point out it's like uh, what medicine uh, doctors used to do centuries ago. When a patient got sick, they bled the patient. They literally would bleed the <laughs> right. patient. And then uh, that, of course, right. got rid of the pain and suffering because it got rid of the patient. So uh, they want to bleed <laughs> patient economics, uh, right. put on more taxes, make the economy less efficient, print more money, and uh, they somehow think uh, that's the cure. No, it'll wreck the economy. Uh, they So in, in one sense, the Republicans are doing the White House and the nation a huge favor by keeping these people from uh, following their own worst instincts. Right. Right. So I want to uh, remind people that Steve Forbes' new book is called Inflation. Um, Steve, I just finished re- reading it last week. It's a great read, by the way. Um, I read it in about three nights, so it's just it's great because it's short, but it's concise. I, I'm kind of an expert on financial issues, and I learned a lot from it, and I'm sure you will too. And one of the things I found really um, so interesting about the book, Steve, was you talk about the whole history of inflation, really going back to you know the, the practically the, you know time of the Roman Empire. And I, one of the themes I came away from is that so many great empires throughout civilization have been ruined by. Uh, a bad monetary policy. Well, that's right. Uh, and uh, we talk about starting with Emperor Nero in the Roman Empire, who uh, did his version of inflation. He took a perfectly good uh, currency, the denarius, and uh, mm-hmm. took out silver and put in uh, copper, uh, thereby debasing it. And in those days, uh, they didn't blame oil corporations. They blamed Christians for inflation. <laughs> and in medieval, right. Then and then in medieval, and, and they inflated the Roman Empire. The, and it wasn't so much the invasion of the barbarians. It was Rome uh, overtaxing and were trashing their own currency that right. undermined the empire. And then in medieval times, they blamed witches, including Henry VIII, uh, for, for, for their problems. Uh, right. Unfortunately, in the 20s, the Germans uh, blamed uh, Jewish merchants bankers for their hyperinflation. Nixon blamed Arabs for the inflation of the 70s. And here we have uh, Joe Biden today blaming uh, oil producers, meat processors, Putin, drug companies, railroads, uh, 
whatever else comes comes in their sights, and they don't realize it comes from inflation. That kind of monetary inflation comes when you reduce the value of your currency. And uh, when you do that, prices it's like introducing a virus into a computer. Uh, prices yeah, become good. unreliable. Instead of telling you what's good and what's dear and what isn't dear, uh, you know, commodity prices may go up. That's not because commodities are suddenly more valuable. It's the dollar is weaker and it distorts everything. So you've always said that uh, you know what you want out of your monetary policy is a stable currency. I think the way you put it in the book is that you know a foot is 12 inches it's not 11 inches it's not 13 inches it doesn't fluctuate to 15 and 9 inches it stays at 12 inches and i i love that kind of metaphor because i think that's exactly what you're talking about with a currency you want it to be you want a dollar to be worth tomorrow what it was worth today and a year from now worth what it's worth today and when you have an eroding currency the whole system goes haywire and it goes haywire because uh, for a variety a couple of basic reasons one is you can't make long-term investments because you don't know what you're right. going to get paid right. back in. Right. And uh, that slows the economy. We point out that uh, after World War II, we had the Bretton Woods Gold Standard. And from the forties, uh, late 40s to uh, the early 70s, the economy grew at over 4% a year on average. Since then, wow. with the unstable dollar, it's gone down to 2.7. This is pre-COVID, so you can't uh, say, though, that's a distortion. And uh, that, that does may not sound like much uh, to people, but over 50 years, what the, the compounding effect is devastating. As you know, today, median household incomes are about $67,000. If we'd maintain mm-hmm. our historic growth rates, not just after World War II, but the previous 180 years, uh, that, that number today would have been 100 to 110,000. Now, wouldn't people be much happier with $30,000, $40,000 more <laughs> of income uh, today? That's the price long term when you undermine a currency and also undermines what we call social trust. You know, a good currency means you can trust people. You can do deals with people. When you have unstable mm-hmm. money, people don't understand why their grocery bill is going up. Uh, politicians like Biden uh, point uh, fingers so you get a poisonous atmosphere. They scapegoat. And uh, uh, so you know, countries that undermine their money continuously have more violence. And uh, then countries now, that have yeah. stable currencies. It all ties um, together. Now, what are the, the people who disagree with you, Steve Forbes, are the people who are the um, advocates of something called modern monetary theory. And for those who have never, by the way, I'm, I'm uh, speaking to uh, the great economist and uh, former presidential candidate, Steve Forbes. Uh, and uh, the modern monetary theorists, if I understand it correctly, say, well, we're the world reserve currency. and foreigners are willing to lend us money at low interest rates so we can keep spending and spending and borrowing and borrowing and really it doesn't cost america anything uh what's wrong with that thinking well you can uh, spend and borrow until you can't uh when people lose right. trust now the dollar right. and the dollar looks strong today because other currencies are weak. the jap and this could be a one of those swans out there the japanese yen is now uh, very very weak the euro is weak the british pound mm-hmm. is on its way to its lowest level since the 1980s who knows what may blow up out there but uh, uh the they they uh the, the modern monetary theory uh, is simply a modern v- verbiage for uh, the old time uh, emperor nero of uh, debasing your currency and uh, the the Federal Reserve got away with printing a lot of money after the crisis of 2008 because banks had to replenish their balance sheets. 
and the Federal Reserve started to pay interest on reserves, and the bank regulators told banks, don't lend so much. Now, today, mm-hmm. banks are brimming with reserves. They're loaded up with capital. And so uh, you're going to start to see this. Uh, it's now almost $2 trillion. The Fed has created money last year and then borrowed it back overnight. Uh, that money's going to start to seep into the economy like a leaky dam. And uh, we could have a full-blown monetary inflation. In addition to the non-monetary inflation, you know, we got that from the lockdowns. And uh, now the Biden administration's artificially raising, as you pointed out, the cost of energy. Uh, They're making infrastructure projects more expensive. I mean, these people are doing everything possible to undermine the economy. And then they blame everyone but themselves. Now, uh, you you talk a lot about in the book about the inflation of the 70s, and I lived through that, uh, as I think a lot of our uh, listeners did. Anybody who was born uh, after or before 1964 certainly remembers the big inflation of the 70s. And I've got a question for you, Steve Forbes. Do you think that uh, uh, Nixon made a mistake in taking America? Will you explain what he did when he sort of, quote, took America off the gold standard? Uh, absolutely. We'd been on a gold standard since, uh, for most of the time, except for wars, uh, from uh, yeah. the 1790s to the 1970s. Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, our first Treasury Secretary, mm-hmm. and George right. Washington, our first president, put us on this standard. And it's a critical reason why we had then, uh, for that 180 years, despite world wars, civil war, depressions, right. and all sorts of things, the highest growth in, uh, in, in the world history, highest average growth in world history. And for uh-huh. bogus economic reasons, the Nixon, and for political reasons, Nixon took us off the gold standard. They thought it was going to be temporary. Uh, here we are 50 years later, well, still on, temporary. Steve, Steve, let me just make – Steve, hold on just one second. I want to make sure people understand what that term means, the gold standard. So that – correct me if I'm wrong. So that meant you could take your greenback, your dollar. You know, if you had $100, you could trade it. You effectively yeah, – it was what, 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 a certain what, amount of gold. What it simply right. meant was – the yeah. people don't understand the gold standard, and that's why in this yeah. book we, we, we made it reader-friendly, right. so it right. strip away the jargon. All it means is gold is like a yardstick, uh, a right. ruler. It just, uh, for a variety of reasons, it keeps its value better than anything else. Not perfect, but better than anything else. So when you tie your uh-huh. currency to gold, it means your currency stays stable in value, period. Oh, that's all it does, okay. properly done. So back then... It sounds quaint today, but the dollar was $35 an ounce. And all right. it meant was if the gold price started to go above 35 it meant you're printing too much money. If it went below 35 it meant you're printing too little money. Very, very basic. But they thought if they devalued the dollar, they could get a temporary boost to the economy that would pull them out of a mild recession. This is the Nixon people, and win a big reelection. So he, took a, he severed the link to gold. And uh, put in price controls, and he won the election, but uh, lost the economy ultimately to a wild inflation in the 70s, and uh, that's why oil went from three dollars a barrel to forty dollars a barrel almost. Uh-huh. And then yeah. Reagan finally and Volcker finally killed that inflation. But we, right. one of Reagan's biggest regrets was he couldn't get back on the gold standard because most economists said you didn't need it, and uh, we we do. I now, a lot of people who are opposed to the gold standard um, say that, um, you know, if we stayed on the gold standard, you know, we wouldn't even have any money left in uh, Fort Knox. All the gold would have just been, you know, people would have traded in all their dollars for gold and um, that, that, that sort of Nixon had no other choice. What do, what do you say to that? 
the only reason people turn dollars gold remember gold uh, does not have cash flow it doesn't pay interest right, the right, only reason you right. do it is the only reason you do it is because you don't trust the dollar and right. uh, take the swiss franc uh we point out the swiss have tried to keep their franc stable vis-a-vis gold uh, not perfectly in this world but it's such a small country but they've managed their currency better than any other currency in the world in the last hundred years so even though switzerland is a small economy its currency is one of the most popular in the world. If you look at its money supply, think, oh, man, they must have a hyperinflation. No, people want the Swiss franc because they trust it. It'll maintain its value right. better <clears throat> better than the other currencies. So uh, Nixon did not – they did not know how to run a gold standard. And uh, you don't even need gold to do a gold standard. All you do is look at the gold price <laughs> for right, a week right. at a time. If it starts to move up, you know, you do something, starts to move down, you know, you got to do something. Very simple. But it's so simple, thousands of economists at the Fed would lose their jobs. Wouldn't need them anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's there's hundreds of, of uh, economists over there, you know, spewing out numbers. And and, and what you're saying is simple. Now, uh, last question on this subject, because I do want to get your thoughts about the flat tax. Um, so you're saying we go back to the gold standard and. We have a stable dollar that basically is, is pegged to the price of gold. And if we're yep. able to do that, then we're going to avoid the inflation, right? And we're, because uh, by definition, we'll have stable prices. How much good would that do for the economy? It would boom. You do that plus doing what Reagan did, and that is lower tax rates. And uh, right. the economy roars. One of our co-authors, Nathan Lewis book out a few years ago called The Magic Formula and points out over hundreds of years of history, nations and states that have low tax rates and stable money do well. Those that don't, don't do well. Very simple. It's raw experience. So we're not talking, we're talking reality. So it's the exact opposite of what Biden and the Fed are doing. So yeah, right, stable exactly. currency, easy to do, uh, do what Reagan did. Uh, or Coolidge or anybody else in terms of lowering tax rates. John Kennedy, Democrat, hello, lower tax rates. And by golly, the American people will put this economy back on track. It's trusting people, not a handful yep. of people at the Federal Reserve. Okay, so let's shift to uh, speaking to the great Steve Forbes, who's the author of a great new book, co-author of a great new book called Inflation. And by the way, when you go to Amazon and get Steve Forbes' book, Inflation, then also get my book uh, called Govzilla about runaway government, because these are these two books kind of go hand in hand in terms of all the craziness that's going on in Washington right now. But one of the things that, uh, you know, you've been really the the uh, the Pied Piper for the flat tax for 30 years now. And I've always loved that idea. I love the simplicity. I love the fact that it would just take away so much power from the IRS. You wouldn't need all these massive audits. Uh, you wouldn't need to, for 80,000 new IRS agents, it would be simple. People could understand it. Uh, why is there so much resistance to this idea that you've been talking about for 30 years? Uh, because it takes power away. Complicity yeah. means yeah. power. And right. uh, hardly a day goes by without some politician saying, we're going to have a tax credit for this. We're going to have a tax credit yeah, right. for uh, lawnmowers. Right. Uh, spring is sure. coming. And uh, and, uh-huh. and and and, and uh, so the, it strips away power. And I remember when I ran on the flat tax for president in 96 right. in the New Hampshire primary, uh, H&R Block 
sent a mailing to the voters in New Hampshire warning of the impending doom of civilization if this tax simplification <laughs> well, came it would, it would be the end of the world for them, right? <laughs> yes. We would need to. Yes. Now, so, uh, explain your proposals. What is discouraging is why don't more politicians make this their key issue? The American people, right. I don't care what your sex is, what your preference is, what your politics right. is. Everyone right. would love the idea of simplicity. And just one yeah. thing in this, just, just at home, it's a moral issue. You know, the IRS tells us we spend six billion hours a year filling out tax forms. Experts tell us we spend two to hundred billion a year complying with this monster code that nobody understands. Go back 20 right. years. Take that uh, hundred billion hours, trillions of dollars, and imagine if we right. use that for more services, more products, more uh, cures for diseases, more new medical devices. How much better off we'd be, all that immense brain power going for the stupid code, going for product, productive activities, huge costs that we pay for this. So, what, so it's not what, just economics. What, yeah. It's the whole well-being of the society. Uh, what uh, what would the um, tax rate be under your flat tax and kind of uh, what deductions would still be? Because you, you basically have a essentially like a postcard tax return, right? That's right. You could literally do it a few keystrokes on your uh, PC. And uh, uh-huh. the rate that I had, and some others have var- variations of it, would be 17%. You would only have generous exemptions for adults and for kids. So a family of four, for example, mm-hmm. your first $52,000, first $52,800 of salary would be free of federal income tax. tax. tax and then rate. above wow. 52000 would only be 17%. And no tax on savings. Uh, and no tax, uh, uh, no no death taxes. I've always said you should be allowed to leave the world unmolested by the IRS. And, uh, <laughs> right. and, and 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 you do that, you get a booming economy. You have a, a you have a much better atmosphere. The code, current code, brings out the worst in all of us: the uh, political corruption. Sure. Us, you're scrounging for deductions for this. Even if you don't pay income tax, you still have to file a return. And uh, so it's just convoluted. Make, make it simple. And some countries you have know, done it. 30 countries have done I love it. That. It works. I love that idea. You know, and I, and I, I don't know if you remember this, but when I was uh, nominated to be on the Federal Reserve Board, one of the things that uh, was came out was that I had a, a tax lien. And, and the IRS said that we owed $30,000 to the IRS. And my wife and I ran the numbers. We thought they owed us $30,000. Anyway, we went back and forth, back and forth. And uh, and after I withdrew from the nomination, uh, sure enough, uh, Steve, I get this letter three weeks later saying, oh, whoops, we made a mistake. You're right. You overpaid your taxes. <laughs> but, uh, the, you know, and, and it's so, so, so outrageous. Let me just close on that with one quick story. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Back in the 20s, there was a guy named uh, James Cousins, who used to be a partner of Henry Ford to Ford Forced America. Anyway, Cousins became a senator and went after uh, the IRS, and they call it the Internal Revenue Bureau instead of uh, IRS. But anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, the head of the IRS goes to a Senate committee hearing and gives us ostentatiously a subpoena to Cousins saying with the sale of Dr. Ford, he owed the IRS $10 million in unpaid taxes. And uh, uh, Cousins resisted it, uh, fought, and finally, remember, keep that $10 million in mind. When they finally settled the case... The IRS owed cousins one million. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's outrageous. I mean the 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 abuse that happened in the IRS. So okay, Steve, I'm going to ask you the toughest question of all. Are you ready? Uh oh. <laughs> uh, okay. 
I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what your critics say, and I want you know we got about three minutes left. So, but this is really important. Steve Forbes wants to cut taxes. Rich, his tax plan is going to give a big tax giveaway to the rich people, like the uh, Warren Buffetts and the Bill Gates and the you know Rubensteins and all those people, and they're going to get away with murder under the uh, under the Steve Forbes plan. Uh, well, I've designed it in a way that everyone gets a tax cut just so we'd avoid that kind of argument. And uh, when you uh, get to keep more of what you earn, your salary is going up, you're able to buy things at a fairer price. I think uh, Mm -hmm. people are not going to worry about me. And I said when I ran for president, if you're so worried about me, have an amendment that says I have to stay with the old code. I cannot have the flat. (laughs) I like that. They're so upset about it. uh, I like that. And by the way, and by the way, that's not a bad idea. Since people get hung up, I'm going to lose this deduction or that deduction. Give them a choice. Hong Kong used to do yeah. a variation of it before trying to crush them. I like that. And idea. Uh, you, 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 you. So say, say, don't trust me. Look at your own situation. Flat tax or the old way, and 99% of people are going to go, hey, the new way is better. So trust the people. Give them a choice. <laughs> So some of these, uh, you know, I, I, I always laugh when um, Joe Biden says, well, all these millionaires and billionaires, they're, they're getting away with paying nothing. And, and, and you know what? Uh, I, I think when he says that, well, gee, Joe Biden, who wrote the tax code? Who, who created all these carve outs for these millionaires and billionaires? And under your plan, you know, everybody really would pay their, quote, fair share, right? Absolutely. And uh, the way to collect money from the so-called rich is you make the code simple so they focus on commerce. And you know from the Reagan tax cuts, uh, when the rates were cut, the top 1% of income earners, their share of the income tax payments went up. Uh, don't hold me to the exact numbers, I think, from about 18% yeah. to 35%. <laughs> so yeah. so uh, you, you want to collect more, make it easy for people to do productive things. And uh, that way uh, we, we come ahead. And uh, people don't care about Bill Gates. They want to know... Are my prospects improving in life? Am I having a chance to move ahead? And that's what we want people looking to the future and realizing they can improve their lives. And there's there's no, just to be clear on this, there's no death tax. And is there a capital gains tax? Uh, no. Uh, and uh, some say we should have in there. Uh, I think uh, it's double taxation uh, because right. you get you you collect the tax at the corporate level. So you want to collect it once as close to the source as possible. But if they want to uh, cut the rate, which is now 3.8% federal down to 15 or 17, I'll take it. But uh, it should be zero. Right. But anyway, it goes wow. down. Everyone gets it. a break. We all come out ahead. All right. <laughs> See, that's Steve Forbes, folks. That is the Flat Tax. Next week, I want to hear from you about what you think about this great idea. I am sold, Steve Forbes. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you next week. This is the More Money Show on WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.